Welcome back to episode three of the Therapy Explained podcast. I'm James Lloyd, CBT and EMDR therapist. This week I'm joined by Monica Goss, a clinical and counselling psychologist and an international brain spotting trainer. We spoke about brain spotting, a precise deep brain intervention that has evolved out of EMDR and can be used to treat trauma as well as enhance performance and creativity. We covered a lot of ground, including how it was discovered in 2003 while treating an Olympic figure skater, the association between eye position and how you feel, and what a session looks like. If you're interested in adding brain spotting as a tool to your practice, Brain Spotting Ireland is holding online training from the 18th to the 20th of June. Visit brainspottingireland.com for more details. If you get a second, please don't forget to subscribe, review and share. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Therapy Explained podcast. I'm James Lloyd and today I'm joined by Monica Goss. Monica is a clinical and counselling psychologist as well as a brain spotting trainer. Hi Monica, thanks very much for joining me today. Yes, hello James, nice to be here with you. Um, today we're going to speak about brain spotting, Monica, you know, something that I've seen come up every now and again and I think I see it come up probably more frequently um but it's something i don't know a huge amount about and it's something i'd love to know a lot more about so hopefully by the end of today both myself and our listeners will have a better understanding of what brain spotting is and so maybe if we just start with that question you know what is brain spotting yes thank you um i am aware that brain spotting is is fairly new therapeutic method and not very uh, known in ireland specifically although it's very very popular um uh, globally now. Um, so I'm glad that I would be speaking to you about brain spotting. So brain spotting is a body-brain relational um, therapy method that will be using focused mindfulness and relevant eye position to locate and uh, process or release trauma. Um, so we will be using eyes, not like in, in EMDR or stimulating eye movements, but by finding that relevant eye position and sustaining that position for some time to, to enable trauma um, to be processed. So they're, what they really, yes. Um, it, just to kind of uh, cut in there, I want to just kind of summarize that. And also, I suppose, to mention to anyone that's listening, because we may mention EMDR a couple of times today. Um, so eye movement desensitization, reprocessing uh, a trauma-focused form of treatment, um, which the episode number two of, of this series uh, touched upon so anyone that doesn't know what EMDR is probably a good place to start and um, but so just to kind of summarize it's a kind of mindful mindful focused therapy um that uses eye position eye positioning and so that mindful focus is in so when I think of mindfulness I think of uh kind of being here and now present with something so is that is that the link between the mindfulness and the eye position Mm-hmm. Yes, it's more like focused mindfulness. Okay, because indeed, we will be using mindfulness, but it will be very focused version because it will be enhanced by this relevant eye position, which would give us access to very specific, certain, very focused information in the brain. Um, and uh, yes, um, I what I want to say and mention more about brain spotting, which I really love about um is that powerful combination between so from one side it is a very neurobiological therapy very precise and sharp laser-like uh, focused technique um which will directly work on our neurophysiology 
would give us access to the deep subcortical parts of the brain and at the same time will offer this very very kind and very deep relational holding that's so important and um, fundamental in brain spotting is that attuned resonating silent and very engaging presence of the therapist to to enhance that um, uh, or support healing process mm. it makes me think of the term co-regulation again which is something i see more and more um frequently uh, so thinking about how one regulated nervous system can help regulate a dysregulated nervous system is that the same kind of idea absolutely it's a part of the of the process i think every every psychotherapy but here because our attuned present will be very very specific it will be embodied and be very um, limbic uh, because we are working on this very deep um deep parts of the brain subcortical brain um our presence will be also different. Our attunement will be different. Uh, therefore, we will be more um, open. Our system will be more open for um, any. Uh, will be more influenced by by the client's processing. Um, I'm, I'm talking about the countertransference. Mm. Um, yes, mm. but definitely this is the very much co-regulation um, happening, but also at the same time in brain spotting, we are activating those parts of the brain who engage in self-regulation. So it's both, it's co-regulation. Hmm. And it's also um, stimulating these parts who will be involved in self-regulation. When you say accessing those kind of limbic deep parts of the brain, can you explain what you mean by that a little bit more? Mm. Yes, when we, um, when we are tuned to our clients in any psychotherapy, and we are deeply connecting, like um, it doesn't have to be verbally. So it is more um, really attuning to the melody of the words, not necessarily the, the content, that right brain to right brain and our limbic system is, is open. And we, we are um, engaging these attachment systems in our brain as well as clients. So it is very... Um, um, the process that is really happening in between, within the client and within us. So on, on that level of, of work, we, we are really a big system, like a big bubble, healing mm. bubble. Mm. So it kind of helps facilitate the activation of those parts of the brain, not maybe just the thinking part of the brain, but the connected part of the brain as well. Right. And because I've mentioned that brain spotting has this wonderful combination, very powerful combination of being very neurobiological um, because we are accessing, we believe we are accessing mid, the midbrain, that part of the brain that is really um, very important for, for psychotherapy. And um, Jak Panskap mentioned that if we want to achieve sustained outcomes in therapy, we need to involve the midbrain. Mm. But also because of our attunement will be there, that, that relational aspect of brain spotting, we will be also engaging the limbic system. Mm. So it will, uh, it is very uh, neurobiological therapy, but also very uh, relational at the same time. Mm. And my understanding is that it, it's a relatively recent, um, uh, resident, relatively recently developed therapy. And can you t tell mm. us a little bit about that, you know, how it was discovered or developed? Mm -hmm. Yes, it was actually discovered by by chance during the one of the EMDR sessions that David Grant um, led with um, with a very um, talented ice skater. It was in 2003. 
um, that David Grant was an innovator um, um, and he, he is very creative as we know he developed brain spotting but at that time he he, he developed this um, um, form of EMDR with the slow eye movements um, it's natural flow EMDR and he he worked with this um, athlete, an ice skater, who could not um, perform a triple loop. She was always, in, especially in competition, she, she fell out of the jump. Um, but she could perfectly do it um, in practice or in, in her rehearsals. So David Grant focused on that moment when, when her jump were, uh, went awry. And he used the slow eye movements and she followed. And at some point, her eyes just got into incredible wobble and, and froze. Um, usually EMDR therapies would, would just continue with the hand to, to, um, um, to continue that movement of eyes. Uh, but David, somehow, his hand stopped. He was very attuned, obviously, to this client. And he stopped in, in that moment um, for next 10 minutes. Um, this uh, torrent of trauma were pouring out and flow um, and this was the new material that they've never um, uh, kind of discussed and never showed up in therapy, despite um, they work, uh, I think, one year with each other for 90 minutes weekly sessions. But what was interesting, the material that they thought they worked through using EMDR reappeared again, and and this material were, uh, worked at the deeper process to a deeper level. Hmm. And uh, so that um, was a surprise and discovery. And I, I wonder, did she ever make the triple jump in a competitive competition? Yes, <laughs> very important. Mm. Oh God, thank you. Yes, the next day after, you know, obviously David Grant didn't know what happened um, until until he received a phone call from her, and she said, and she she did the triple jump, triple loop. He sounds like a, quite an innovative and creative uh, character, given that he'd already, I guess, developed his own form of uh, EMDR, natural flow EMDR, which sounds like it's like slower eye movements. So slower forms of bilateral simulation. And if anyone isn't aware, generally they're kind of fast eye movements or fast forms of um, switching on one side of your brain to the other. So he'd already made some adjustments. And then this was a, another addition that he seemed to uh, stumble across while he was doing that. Yes. Yes, and I think this is the combination of extreme curiosity and, and um, uh, you know, the nature of, of discoverer and attunement. Hmm. Because, you know, how many of us are, do, are doing EMDR every day? Uh, no one thought about going outside of what is uh, in the guidelines in, uh, in that protocol to keep going, hmm. no matter what the client uh, does. So it is a frame, and I think that this is what is uh, interesting about people who are um, developing and f um, discovering things. Are they they thinking outside of the box? They they have to come outside of the frame. And yes, definitely, mm. David is very creative. Mm, that creative spark is uh, probably a rare talent, and also the the um, to take that kind of risk. You know, not everyone would do it, um, and so. He knows that there's something about the, there was like a quiver in the eye as it moved across a certain point. Is that right? Is that what he picked up on? Yeah, that was a wobble, a sudden mm. wobble. Um, and, and then when, when his hand just stopped, then 
then her eyes just just froze. Mm. So that was quite unusual. And I and I remember I, I used to um, worked more uh, using EMDR. Very often, clients just just were drawn to a certain eye eye position. Mm. They just they just want to stay, and they and they kind of um, kind of froze. Um, but I know that um, EMDR um, teachers and trainers would say, you know, that that's the dissociation we need to move, keep on moving, keep on mm. moving. And I think that, that that's the courage to do something different. But also, in a way, it is the following the client. There is something important for for this eye to to stop there. Mm. And we believe and that's what um, brain spotting is about. Brain spotting is very much in alliance with neuroscience. And, um, and do, do, and, do we know what that mm-hmm. kind of wobble represents? Is it where it just seems to tap into something that has got some form of traumatic charge to it? Or, mm-hmm. it, you know, is that like something that might come up kind of regularly when you're working with people that you might be able to spot um, a, a slight change in their, their eye as they're doing eye movements? Absolutely. It's a great question. Um, thank you, James. It is, um, you know, we... We uh, there are lots of information. Whilst people are activated around the issue, there's lots of information in the body around the eyes that the deep brain is is uh, kind of communicating uh, uh, to us um, through uh, reflexive responses. These are the responses that we can't um, uh, control in any way. And this wobble and and, and froze was uh, frozen. Um, state of the eyes were, were, were in some sort of information that were coming from the deep brain and David picked it up and, and in brain spotting we would be doing that we would be observing this reflexive responses um, and we would be attuned to that that's and that would be that part of the neurobiological attunement mm. so during a session that might be something that you'd be mindful of to see if you notice anything like that yes absolutely mm. Just going back to, uh, I guess, the nature of its genesis um, that it was discovered while working with uh, high performing athletes, not that high performing athletes can't experience trauma, but, you know, so often um, trauma based therapies, you know, focus on, you know, the past and uh, difficulties as opposed to maybe what it helped this person with, which was becoming um better at something that she was already very good at which is kind of an interesting take on it you know it's not just about working through traumatic past uh, experiences from the past also about augmenting the, our abilities already and uh, improving them does that mean mm-hmm. is it something that's been used with other athletes or high performing artists or you know even i guess high performers in general yes absolutely um this is what is so beautiful about brain spotting that it's a great method to to treat trauma um but also to enhance the uh, performance from two different perspectives as we can focus on the good sensation and good feeling and enhance that um working on the being in the zone or being in a float state for artists for musicians for, for athletes but also a very important part of the performance work Performance work is is releasing blocks that are in the way of of, of the performance, which uh, very often is trauma. Trauma is in the body. Uh, it's in our muscles. It's in our fascia. It's in our cells, uh, and it will um, have a tremendous um, um, uh, impact 
on our performance. So, yes, and you're right, uh, David Grant uh, worked and is working with high profile athletes and, and performance. And one of one of the uh, famous um, clients, his clients uh, was Maki Sasser. He's an American baseball player who uh, couldn't um, just throw back uh, the ball to the pitcher. Uh, we call it yips, so it's a form of focal dystonia. Mm, no, I've uh, heard a term before, the yips, yeah, when you get, get yeah, kind of, mm, yeah. gets a bit stuck. Or mm. focal dystonia. Mm, okay, that's, um, a, that's a fancy term for it. Yeah, I think we, yips is more American. Um, I, I think so. Um, so. So yes, and I think this is a very interesting phenomenon when, when, our, uh, when our body is responding to trauma and cannot do something something really simple like throwing the ball like for instance thinking about david um, grant's client she was a very talented uh, ice skater triple loop is not a problem not a problem it's not a, a matter of lack of training mm. or um, not not enough practice it is definitely a dissociative um, process her body um, it's so interesting and I, I do wonder what other kind of sports that it might translate maybe this side of the Atlantic because I know in Ireland baseball and ice skating wouldn't be as popular but there are some sports that come to mind for me one being rugby um, that you can have excellent players and they can go through stages or maybe it's just something that they're cursed with their whole career when it comes to um, kicking you know taking place kicks they might be called re kick from the ground to try and get it over the bar yeah. and you know, they might talk about practicing to no end and their kicking being good that week, mm. but there's something that seems to mm. kind of get to them mm. on the big stage. Um, uh, I do wonder if that's the type of thing that on this side of the Atlantic that many uh, athletes look into. Absolutely. I would, I would really love for athletes to know about brain spotting. Not everyone knows about... Uh, that this is possible uh, to enhance your your performance and to and to solve the core of the issue. And uh, I know that many brain spotting therapists in Europe work with uh, football players and uh, baseball players, um, but it's still not that popular. I would I would really love um, football players to to get to know brain spotting. Mm. And you know, it would be a game changer. I, I do think it's you know with a lot of um, with the the way culture is changing when it comes to our understanding of mental health and you know we spoke about EMDR earlier which um I'd only heard about in passing a few years ago but now is so much more popular I can't see any reason why brain spotting wouldn't take some of that space itself and thinking about how recent it ha has been you know it's still early days uh, I'm wondering how you found yourself uh, becoming involved in practicing brain spotting mm. yeah it's a it's a funny funny but a little bit embarrassing story <laughs> it's um this was the time that i was um uh, doing my training to become a certified emdr therapist and i worked quite intensely using emdr and was fascinated by emdr this was the breakthrough in in therapy right i think you agree um amazing results quick results i was really uh, excited about my, my practice um but then it happened that I read an article about brain spotting, one of the articles um, and newspapers, um, and I asked my supervisor, "What is this brain spotting, train spotting? What's that funny thing? Have you have you heard about it?" And she said, 
Well, I did, and, I, and I've heard uh, that it's even better than EMDR. Well, well when I heard this, I, I, first thing that I did, I googled the next training, and it happened at David Grant, two, two weeks' time or three weeks' time, uh, delivered training in, in Oslo, and I was there. <laughs> and that embarrassing part of it is that I never completed my certification. So the story continues, and my supervisor is telling her supervisee to first complete um, the journey with EMDR and get certified before they go study brain spotting. And mm. I think, um, yeah, so that's before, my story. <laughs> before they fall in love with brain spotting and don't look, don't look back. And, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about different types of therapy and uh, it sounds you know, similar to EMDR in the sense that it can have uh, rapid relief. Um, and, you know, cer certain types of therapy, I guess, it can really depend, but the length of therapy can very much vary. I know with CBT, the um, a lot of the evidence points that if it's going to be helpful, it probably start, probably starts noticing some results within four to six sessions. Generally, it would be a kind of shorter term therapy, mm. whereas some mm. other therapies might be kind of open ended and longer. I'm wondering, is there mm. a, a typical number of sessions of uh, mm. brain spotting that mm. people usually have? Mm. It's a very popular question, isn't it? And the clients come and we always want to know how long it would take. And I think um, it will take as, as long as it, it will take. It, it has to. Um, but it's a very, very fast and rapid therapy because we're working on the deep, uh, deep level of the brain and we know the processing on, uh, in the sub subcortical parts of the brain is very fast comparing to processing in the cortical levels. Um, of the brain. Uh, so generally we will um, expect very quick neuroplastic change. However, we know that, uh, you know, very often with complex clients, we will need the relationship, the relational uh, aspect of it. I mean, the client will be, will, be, will be healed within that relationship and technique will come later, will be secondary. Of course, will be very, very helpful and I work with many complex clients who found a relief of the symptoms of trauma very, very quickly, fairly quickly, fibromyalgia or tinnitus or pain, physical pain, psychological pain, nightmares, panic attacks. So these, these things can come, um, can find the relief quite quickly. However, again, with the complex clients, we would, uh, would like to, um, I would like to see that this is more relational holding and within that relationship we, we can um, we can enhance and deepen change through these very powerful methods like brain spotting uh, but again if it's the one um, very simple simple trauma which we are very <laughs> is hardly ever uh, seen any simple trauma but you know it can be quite fairly fairly quickly a few sessions one mm. yeah understandably but unfortunately the more complex the longer it may take and as you say it's it's more often the case that uh, we can have you know histories of complex traumas that have compounded on each other and just thinking of what what a course of um brain spotting looks like particularly the structure that goes into it coming from a cbt and emdr background you know it's quite mm -hmm. structured and let's say with emdr i'm not sure how much it overlaps with that but um you know in the first few sessions you'd kind of 
call it maybe history taking, treatment planning, getting a sense of some of the things that someone's experienced. And you might develop targets, you know, specific memories from the past, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. symptoms in the present, uh, what they'd like to be able to do in the future. That would be very much the bulk of your structure before you start preparing for sessions and then processing. Uh, is brain spotting uh, structured in a similar way as in, you know, finding targets and kind of working through them or would it be different to that? Yeah, it's a great question. It, in every uh, in every therapy, the client will come with some story, and story can unfold. And um, I probably everyone will work differently, but with particularly in brain spotting, we can have a target. We can agree, okay, we will be working on that trauma. But as we know, um, the story kind of flows. There are a few openings in that story, so it doesn't have to be very structured can be the opening by opening of what I mean is the client is really connecting with that story and starting to to feel it to feel that story so what brain spotting therapies would do just um, um, make the make a note or ask the client what does it feel like inside would take starts um, uh, where is that and how does it feel and then we would find uh, the relevant eye position that would match that experience by um, either it's the natural way of um, everyone is I mean this um, every human being has this capacity or natural phenomenon we are looking and gazing in certain directions to to gather information so there either would be a gaze spot that's what we call gaze spot or we would use the, um, just a regular pointer to help us to identify as we we spoke earlier about reflexive responses we would be looking for those or we would be collaboratively um, looking for that mm. right uh, matching eye position. So am I right in thinking that sometimes the person will be able to come up with the eye position themselves by looking around and maybe feeling a difference in a position mm. in a specific position whereas sometimes it might be more the, the clinician mm. might notice something as their eye movement and they might ask them to stop right there don't move or just ask them how it feels in that point is that right? it would be more natural it would be um if you noticed you know when i when i spoke you asked me a question and i had to kind of think about what i would say my eyes naturally would go in a certain direction probably i would uh, this would be my access to to something and our clients would be doing this all the time um so so we would just um use that capacity i would not ask the client to look around the room because it's quite confusing like especially clients with performance anxiety it's like where shall i look this is more us noticing what's happening naturally within the client system Mm. and what would happen next we would just sustain that eye position focused um and the processing would happen um that focused mindfulness that we spoke earlier until that subjective unit of disturbance that were for instance at the beginning very high that will go down um and and yes so that would be quite similar to emdr is going mm. um yeah just to um yeah. hone in on that point uh, monica to think about the difference between maybe processing and brain spotting emdr and if forever anyone that's listening that isn't familiar what processing can be like in emdr it can really change from person to person but um Generally, it feels like there's some kind of movement happening. You're going somewhere where there's some change that you follow mindfully. So it might be a change in your thoughts, uh, images, 
uh, emotions, how you feel physically. Um, and you kind of go with that and you know, it can be in some senses like a dream or sometimes it might just be like our body. Lots of changes in our body but you know you definitely notice it's happening and it can be very emotive. And so you might do at a set where you kind of follow those feelings or those thoughts along. Then at the end of the set, the therapist will ask you, you know, where do you notice that now? And when you come to the end of that part of it, they might bring you back to the target at the start and ask you, how distressing is that now? So that's that sod, that, sink, that subjective unit of distress. And it might say the same, it might go down, it might even go up. So that may be what someone could expect to experience while they're processing an EMDR. Is that the same as, as brain spotting or is it a little bit different? Mm, it is it is different but it's also similar so what's similar it's probably the nature how the brain is processing i think in in brain spotting we believe that we we are um, by doing brain spotting we are uh, the brain goes into that uh, default mode where the brain just goes with free associations and maybe very similar to emdr it may be somatic sensory sensations memories thoughts but it can be very subcortical process, what you just mentioned. It can be without feeling, without a context, very, very physiological, barping, um, shaking, trembling. Very often people have nausea or pressure to go to the toilet. Um, all of that can involve that deep processing. However, I think that main difference is obviously MDR works with the stimulating eye movements and generally that communication between hemispheres and between neural networks, whereas in brain spotting, we're working on the eye fixation, focus, which we believe through that eye position, we're accessing the midbrain and a very particular um, neural network that would be, um, uh, it's like almost like a trauma capsule. Yeah, with that trauma is encapsulated and, and will be buried in the brain out of space, out of time, um, and what we believe in brain spotting, we are accessing these trauma capsules, um, and by by using our um, um, the orienting mechanism in the brain. So once we open that capsule, it can it can release and and later be integrated. So just in comparing, because I was on both ends. I, as a, as a therapist, I can. Um, I was working and providing therapy, both EMDR and brain spotting, and also I was on receiving end. And the interesting difference is many people. It's not only me. Many people speak about um, the uh, the processing in brain spotting goes deeper. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking how it's interesting that uh, that subjective experience many. Many uh, people uh, who received brain spotting EE and EMDR have the same very similar um, experience. And um, really, no one probably spoke about this yet, or I don't know of anyone who, who put some thoughts into it. Um, but it is like EMDR, you process things quite vertically. And um, so it's very broad and very, very vast. Um, connecting different neural networks. Mm, it can be very broad. Like that, that free association, it can yeah. go to lots of different places. Mm. That's, yeah. And how, and somehow in brain spotting, I don't know, maybe that metaphor of accessing deep uh, 
subcortical parts of the brain and opening these trauma capsules gives us this dimensional thinking of, of the depth. Um, so, so that's very interesting. I, uh, and um, I don't know how, how to translate it to, um, to theory. It's probably too early to, to, to do that. We don't have uh, neuroscience behind it, but it's interesting um, that um, subjective experience. And I also think following by um, Damasio spoke about midbrain being the core of self, or core of our spiritual self. I think this makes quite, quite a lot of sense that it feels deep. It, it does sound quite different to EMDR in how it seems to process it as EMDR. I mm -hmm. mean, the pro pre predominant area is adaptive information processing, and it's almost like it's stitching up the negative memory networks to the rest of the brain, like that yeah. memory network is isolated and it, it helps uh, connect it to our full experience so it's not so subjective. Um, and we can draw upon all of our knowledge rather than just what we took from that very moment. So it seems more isolated and there's something about accessing that that helps unleash it, or, uh, digest okay. it, um, reduce the, yeah. the distress yeah. that comes with it. And there is one more thing that I wanted to, to mention about one of the probably biggest differences between uh, these two therapies, between EMDR and, and brain spotting, is that in brain spotting you have that protocol um, that you will be following and always going back to the target and kind of interrupting the, the process. In brain spotting, we will not interrupt, or during the process, we would not engage verbally as much, or uh, we would not engage cortex in that process um so that and that is also one of the differences mm. so you're trying to kind of keep that midbrain in tune rather than the cortex their thinking brain is that right yes definitely do you remember i mentioned earlier about um that we that we engaging and um, those parts of the brain engage in uh, self-regulation and definitely cortex is not uh, a part of the uh, party. Um, it's not, uh, doesn't have any uh, direct, um, arc, um, direct uh, links or pathways to, to amygdala or to any of the um, uh, parts of the brain that are uh, forming that alarm system. So uh, we would not, um, we would not be engaging cortically in the moment of when the processing is happening. Mm. Which is an interesting thing that comes up across trauma therapies is to try and brain, so that the brain being divided into three, so kind of the thinking human brain, the mammalian brain and the reptilian brain. And we're really focusing on that mammalian and reptilian side of things. Right, absolutely. And and we know that um, the whole, the most important information is stored in the subcortical brain. It's like 90-95% is is in our uh, deep brain, not in the cortex. Cortex is 10 to 5% of, of the whole uh, information. So we uh, we really want to deepen and sit there to allow this information to, to flow. Eventually, they will flow to neurocortex. And eventually, um, that integration will happen in the form of a new thought or a new um, uh, kind of um, new thought that would um, completely change the understanding 
or uh, will influence their behavior. Mm. So it's a little bit it's bottom up. Um, mm, a bottom process. up approach, yeah, like the bottom of their brain, the body upwards. And you know, that can be a, another common thing that you notice with trauma based therapies, even in CBT, it's a type of therapy called immature scripting, which is kind of trauma informed. And it's the same, you might say, encapsulated belief seems to change. There's something about accessing that memory network and memory reconsolidation being one theory behind it, that when you can almost warm up that memory again, it, it becomes plastic, you can change it, even though what we know at the time uh, still happened, our beliefs around it can, mm. can be updated. I'm wondering, I'm not sure if this is the type of question that gets asked to you all the time, but is there any kind of correlation between the direction the eye is looking in and problems? So, example, is trauma, bottom right, OCD, top left, or does it just depend on the person? Yes. Um, again, this is a great question. Um, there is certainly correlation between issues, problems, or felt sense, or... Uh, experience in the current moment or if you say uh, uh, OCD yes it's probably there is a correlation in that moment when you ask the client oh your OCD what is your OCD and the client they will connect with the uh, symptoms of OCD there will be a correlation the person will find a position but there is no correlation to the whole um, uh, that there's a particular eye position that would represent depression, anxiety, or like e in NLP. It, this is not a um, uh, certainty model that we are um, working on. The, the model, brain spotting model, is is working and is built on uncertainty. This is because of the vastness of the brain. We have 100 billion of, uh, neurons, and they will. Uh, they will connect with other neurons. So this is almost infinite number of possibilities. We will not know. And these uh, uh, brain spots, that what we call this eye position, will will change. Um, uh, will be will be fluid. Will be dynamic. I, I I appreciate that you know it is early days and that the science might not be there fully to answer a lot of these uh, questions uh, because the brain you know we know so little about something because it's so complex. Um, but I'm wondering what kind of evidence-based brain spotting maybe has been able to amass in the, what is it, 18 years or so since it's been around? Mm-hmm. Yes, um, considering there is a fairly new therapy, um, we are just starting this exciting journey into, into, into neuroscience and, and uh, studies. We have a few, uh, but much more uh, in front of us. There's one very interesting survey uh, from Sandy Hook um, after um, Sandy Hook shooting, uh, I think it was um, um, in the States, uh, in the school, many uh, teachers and children were were killed. The whole community was traumatized and they were offered this wonderful, lots of different therapeutic interventions, including EMDR and neurofeedback, somatic experiencing and uh, equine therapy, um, amongst others, uh, was also brain spotting, and and participants in this project they they um, they found brain spotting to be the most effective therapeutic method. And this is not the competition, but it's interesting that that um, and it's very close to us because that uh, subjective experience of, um, of clients. Um, has a very, very special, is very special to us. 
But we had um, a study um, comparing EMDR and brain spotting. We had 76 um, subjects receive free sessions of brain spotting and EMDR, and there were two in comparison that were uh, similarly effective. But interesting was that after six months, um, the SARDS so subjective level of disturbance in the group who received EMDR treatment slightly increased, and the group who received brain spotting therapy, the SARDS, um, slightly decreased furthermore. Um, therefore, it really kind of makes us think about this theory that we are accessing the self-regulatory systems in our brain. Um, this would really explain that, that after the session, the brain spotting is still working because we are engaging the brain into this dialogue, internal dialogue of, um, of uh, self-regulating, self-healing. Uh, self mm. So that it's a preliminary evidence, but uh, it is positive um, uh, to suggest that maybe the benefits maybe last maybe longer in some instances than EMDR. Um, yes, and I, I would I would look at it a little bit differently. It is the, the brain is the, the machine that is processing nonstop 24-7. Um, and, and we don't know whether there is a new end to it. But we hope that once we go down to zero, sub zero, uh, that we clear that trauma. And what is interesting in brain spotting, we have this uh, method of really clearing trauma uh, quite um, uh, thoroughly by squeezing the lemon. So after we reach number zero, we are squeezing the lemon, we, we ask the client to activate him, uh, himself again and work through this um, uh, kind of leftover um, again. But how I see it, that uh, we have many layers of, of trauma and there are many stratas there and and I think that brain spotting has this capacity to, to get through these, these, these uh, different layers of trauma and different barriers, dissociative barriers. And what, what it tells me is more than uh, that um, the brain is still in the mode of, of self-healing after the session because we engage these self-regulatory systems. So it doesn't have to happen within that session. It, 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 it is lasting, yeah. So it's been set in motion and that can continue beyond the, the um, time of the session. Yeah. Where would someone, if someone is listening and they thought, mm, this is something I'd like to try, where might they find a therapist who offers brain spotting? Is there a directory for the UK and Ireland? Yes, we have directory uh, even in Ireland, um, although the first training is coming only in June, we already have some Irish uh, therapists who provide brain spotting therapy. You can find them on our website, uh, ireland.com, brainspottingireland.com. Uh, there's a small list, but I hope it will grow. And we also have a list of um, a directory of therapists in the brain spotting UK. Uh, you can visit and there's also um, uh, lots of uh, wonderful therapists who use that technique. So brainspottingireland.com and is it brainspottinguk.com for the, the UK branch? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And could you just tell us a little bit more about the training that's upcoming, um, Monica? So that's uh, to train, to offer training in brain spotting. It's coming, is it online? 
um to Ireland or is it well it will be online with everything happening at the moment yes it is going to be online it's going to be very first training offered uh, for Ireland that we are very excited to to announce that and um, although it is for Ireland uh, we we have uh, interest in international interest there will be very um, diverse training um, and we have people who sign up from South Africa for instance or other countries in Europe but our focus is to open this training specifically for Irish people, Irish therapies. Therefore, the price is very attractive um, and it's going to be higher, definitely, for next editions that we're already planning in November. So I highly recommend uh, if you think about if this uh, conversation inspired um, anyone uh, to give it a try sooner than, than later. That can be found through Brain Spotting Ireland as well, is that right? Yes, and that's one source. And the other source, you can go to brainspotting.com, which is the Brain Spotting Institute website, where you can access all sorts of different trainings internationally. And you can find us. And for anyone that's interested in attending that training, do you need to meet certain criteria to be able to attend? Um. The training is open for um, for psychiatrists, for psychotherapists, for psychologists, anyone who works um, in the field of um, helping professions and um, trauma and uh, in the ter therapeutic setting. Okay, great. Um, well, that was everything that I wanted to cover today, Monica. I really appreciate your time. Um, I certainly have a better understanding of brain spotting now, and I'm sure our listeners will too. Um, so, yeah, thank you for... Uh, joining me today and I'm sure we'll speak again at some stage in the future. Yes, thank you James. It was lovely to be here. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs>